Hello and welcome to St. Louis City Press and International Friendly. Joining me to talk about yesterday's 1-1 draw with the Colorado Rapids is our man in Colorado, Drew Wolfson. Hello friends, coming to you direct from Gonjarado. It's a wonderful day. Our man from Hanoi, Chris Hoff. Greetings, everybody. And in the city of St. Louis, we have Patrick Stark. Hello. Nathan Halley. Guten Morgen. Sure. And I'm Phil Halley. Let's talk about the game. It was a 1-1 draw. Maybe today is the pod when we talk about what XG is. 1-1 draw maybe did not capture the spirit of that game. Drew, how was it live? It wasn't pretty. And that you, I think you might be right, Phil, because I saw the halftime stats in which the game was still nil-nil, bizarrely, and their XG was, I believe, 2.4 to our 0.14. We had a, yeah, so it was, it really actually told the story, unlike usually where I feel like it's quite misleading. But essentially, the game was great. It was extremely cold. Uh, The atmosphere was good, but that's being said by an away fan. So I don't know what that what that means for the Rapids fans. Uh, there were a lot of, I saw a lot of STL people around, a lot of City Red. Despite the team playing in their Earth Day suits, there was a lot of City Red in the stadium and away kits. And uh, on the, after I saw a mutual friend of ours downtown, just walking down the 16th Street Mall to uh, just down away, a ways to go to a, a friend's house, I passed a guy in a city kit and gave him a thumbs up and he gave me a nod and smile. There was some, so there was good representation or anything. I I did not hug a stranger. I could have, I suppose, but maybe, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell if, if other people want that, if they're huggers or not. That seems like only after a victory. Okay. Good point. Well, even if we had won this game, uh, I would have, I would have been very satisfied, but I don't think I would have been, in a in the, quite the jubilant mood that I, I was after that uh, Cincinnati game. It was a little different. All right. Well, speaking of not in a jubilant mood, uh, Roman Berkey, I think a little bit upset after the team's performance yesterday. But what a performance. Very upset, according to Tom Timmerman, who I have now been thinking of as Tim Tommerman. That works. Well, if you've seen the movie A Fish Called Wanda, there's an actor playing a character named George Tomlinson, and the actor's name is Tom Georgeson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is going to bring in the listeners. That's incredible. Okay. Also, what's I'm his name? watch A Fish Called Wanda tonight. Have you never seen it? I have. It's a good yeah, movie. What's his literally, name? Kevin Klein. Literally a thousand times. Oh, St. Louis actor. Probably huge St. Louis City fan. Oh, I did not know that. Good to have Kevin Klein among our number. So back to Roman Berkey. Um, What was what were the final stats? Was it twelve shots on goal? I mean, it was something insane. Twelve saves. Twelve saves. Saves. Thirteen shots. Twelve. Some of which were incredible, and that's not even including some of the. I assume that's not including some of the saves that happened on offside plays. That would be correct. But those were also incredible. There were like multiple kick saves. I mean. Just well, there, was, out of his there mind. were a couple where he just caught the ball out of the air on, oh my gosh, which I, I I think I always appreciate. Generally, is something 
done when there's a soft cross into the area, but he was catching like high velocity shots, uh, plucking them out of the air. There were also a lot of misses by Colorado. They um, had so many opportunities in this game. They were constantly 21 total shots. And again, that's only counting the shots that were on sides. I'd be interested to go through and see how many actual, you know, one-on-ones Berkey faced and dealt with. What was the the final XG count, Chris? Do you have that? Yeah, uh, 2.78 for Colorado, which means they really didn't produce much in the second half. And we ended up with 1.39, according to the Athletic here. That's closer than I would have thought. I would have expected them, I mean, they could easily have come out of that first half with three goals. Also, yeah. I thought I read somewhere that their XG was four. So do we have like competing XG? That's okay. We don't need to get into the minutia of XG. They had a <laughs> lot of chances. Uh, they easily could have been ahead at halftime. I was feeling a little bit like that Salt Lake game where, granted, it was only one save and not half a dozen. But we came out of that just hanging on a bit and then proceeded to play well in the second half. Although... Uh, once we once we played well, we kind of surrendered the possession again. But I mean, granted, they were the home team; that was a little understandable. So, but in addition to the saves, uh, Colorado was just found many different ways to miss the goal. Like it was like the desert missing the rain. It was like everything but the goal out there. It was impressive their lack of ability to convert. Yes, they had, they continue to massively underperform their XG, don't they? Like, again, season-long trend. They could have easily had four goals in that game. I, We were lucky to come out with a 1-1 draw there. All right, well, between their inability to put the ball in the back of the net when they have the opportunity and Roman Berkey's ability to prevent them from doing so, we got out of it with a 1-1 draw. Let's talk about what went wrong in the first half. I'd like to take a minute to, again, this is my new theme about how stupid and wrong I am. Going back to the preseason game, St. Louis City 2 against uh, Bayer. Uh, I thought Roman Leverkusen. Berkey didn't play. What? Leverkusen. Yeah. Um, in that game, I thought Berkey didn't play very well. In retrospect, probably because it was a November friendly and he didn't give a shit. Um, but I came away thinking, like, we have totally, like, why are we spending the most money in the league on a goalie? This is stupid. This is just because Lutz was a goalie and so he's going to, you know, overpay a goalie. Nope, nope. Nathan was wrong. Uh, we have the best goalie in the league, I think, and proved it yesterday. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's proved it in other games. Even when he's not making twelve saves, he's he's helping control the back and, um, you know, I think be sort of a general for the the back line and things. Uh, so I'm going to take a take another loss on that. Dude's incredible. We're super well, lucky. That's what you get for a snap judgment during a friendly before the season has actually started. I'm all about that, Drew. Can I share a sort of a parallel story with you? Um, yes, please. Based, my first time seeing uh, Berkey play in a St. Louis shirt was also for St. Louis City, St. Louis City two, in a preseason. I think it was in uh, MLS Next Pro against West Texas or something. 
I was in St. Louis on a visit last summer and it was his first game in a city shirt and he had almost nothing to do. The defense played really well in front of him. Uh, and I think in the first half he faced one shot. And so he's, he's coming in cold and it's a, it's basically a one-on-one the opposing striker shoots and uh, from, from like the edge of the box on a breakaway basically. And he just, he goes to the side and makes like a, a, like a top hand save straight away. And that's the only shot he had faced thus far. And at that point I knew that he was going to be a special keeper, especially in relation to other MLS uh, keepers. Uh, And I, I think he's got something that just, not many, if any, keepers in the league can can say that they have, which is top-tier talent, European Champions League experience, World Cup experience. Uh, I mean, I, I rate him and have from that first day. So uh, I'm glad we have him, and he, he showed his worth. And I think we've established that he's worth more than his weight in gold at this point. So listeners, um, listen to Chris. Don't listen to Nathan. We're getting there. We're getting there. Well, as please a group. go into the, go into that weight weight and gold calculation. So so let's Phil. I, I think you wanted to move on to talking about other things. Let's also talk about Chris's brilliance. Uh, I thought the game really turned at halftime when when uh, Vasilev came in. Who I I believe I'm on record as saying I don't know what he does. Huge huge turn at half. The obvious change was that Vasilev got subbed in. I'm not a good watcher of soccer, so it wasn't clear to me, you know, I'm not able to connect those dots of exactly what he was doing. But I guess Berkey even commented, you were saying that the midfield was maybe a problem in the first half. So Vasilev, the key to all of it. I'm not the only one who has, has identified the value and importance of Vasilev in our lineup. I'd like to throw it to a very sleepy Patrick Stark to to speak on his behalf. Yeah, you know, I think yeah, I think when it comes to turning over possession, I think Indiana and his what's that word where you're like a like a dog that won't give up a bone. Tenacity. Tenacious. Yes. Yes, thank you. Tenacity is just uh, is just a real key to our to our entire style of play. We've we have identified that Alm is also critical to to getting the ball forward and our attack, but I think Indiana is more of our keeping the ball forward, not letting the ball get in behind us style of play. So I I, I think they are both very important in our midfield and uh and I think that was shown here in the second half where just what 10 minutes in they the two of them and Stroud combined for our for our goal of the game. Yeah, it seemed like uh, Stroud decided to show up at the beginning of the second half. He was sort of invisible in the first half. No, you know what was not invisible when he missed a very open goal. That was quite visible. Yeah, that was frustrating. It was nice that we only had to deal with that frustration for a few minutes, and he he sort of redeemed himself. Yeah, then we were living in an Almish paradise not long after that. (laughs) Alm has definitely become my favorite player. He's he's got pace. He really plays nice up the right side. Not a not a bad looking fellow to boot. 
so uh you know just if i were going to get someone's name on my jersey which i have very specific rules about the types of players whose names i will get on my jerseys which we can get into at some point but right now it would be would definitely be um so so it was mentioned about our midfield and our our defense it i could be wrong no i will let me rephrase it i am definitely wrong that's my again new thesis felt like our our defense wasn't as just like solidly stopping things as they had been you know in previous games you can count on the neck to just clean things up we were kind of getting taken apart which is what i saw colorado do against minnesota in that that uh, replay that i watched so maybe the replay does have value they were extremely fast up front in a way that we couldn't match it yeah. felt like we were really slow i don't know if it was altitude I don't know if everyone was high. I mean, weed's legal in Missouri now too, so that doesn't even seem like it should be a differentiator. It it just seemed like we were a few steps behind. Our passes were a little off, and they were fast. The defenders... Kevin Cabral was was very pacey. Cabral, yeah, he's real quick. And I don't... I mean, I'm sure we've played fast guys before, but yeah, the timing of their passes um, and... Well, back to the midfield, some of it is that they were able to get those passes off. They were able to have open space to make the plays into the fast-breaking forwards. Not to get wild with tactics and nothing, something I know nothing about, but I think their wingbacks helped a lot. They had a lot of width playing three defenders and two wingbacks. They were also like six times a half a step from being on sides and causing potential real harm. And one thing our defenders did well was there were a lot of balls in our box and they did not make any go to ground uh, uh, prematurely or make any fouls. And we did not concede a penalty, which I thought was kind of, it felt to me inevitable at times how many, because they had the ball in our area so often. And there was thankfully nothing, nothing foolish was, was done uh, at that point. But you know, you're talking about kind of last ditch already other than those sorts of opportunities in the first half, what else do we think was going on? It didn't seem like we were doing much of a high press. It didn't seem like we were able to get the ball forward much. I think we abandoned the press pretty early. Well, I think they were just able to get around it with their three defenders and two wingbacks. I think they were able to have an extra outlet that and were able to avoid our press for the most part. Uh, they stubbornly refused to pass us the ball. And even, <laughs> uh, yeah, even though I was yelling the name of their defenders because I had them, I had their roster on a little yellow card that they gave me, which I brandished quite frequently uh, to, no, to little avail. The referees did not penalize them quite as much as I would have liked. They didn't play too dirty in <laughs> the game. But I did look up the names and call the defenders out by name and ask them to please pass it to... Uh, to, uh, to our strikers, but they, they did not. The refereeing seemed fine that game. I have no yeah. recollection it was, of... It was fine. It was not, oh, it was not if you read the uh, Facebook groups. I do not. Well, they are very upset with uh, the refereeing. I'm not exactly sure why. Some of them seem to be angry about the amount of stoppage time, which they scored two minutes in, so... I mean, we, did, we also did foul them a lot, but... Besides the Stroud one, they weren't bad fouls, and it was, again, not too much damage caused by our 
frequent fouling. So they had a couple Stroud's free kicks, now. but not much was made of it, I don't think. Stroud's next yellow card, he misses a match. Oh, is that how that works? Explain that rule. If you get five, you miss a match unless you go five games without a yellow card and then it resets. Do we oh, think Stroud has happen. any chance of going five games without a yellow card? No, I, think, I think it's too bad. Did he have one of them rescinded? Because it's he too bad did. he's not suspended. It's too bad he's not suspended for the cup match. Get that over with. Is that how it works? Does it... I'm sure that's just MLS games, right? I would imagine. I don't know. Sometimes no. It... I I bet it includes cup games, but yeah. again, mm-hmm. would have to look at the rules, which I have not done. So that brings me to a thought. Another thought that I've been having that's surely wrong. It seems like we have a larger than should be acceptable drop off between our our first team and our subs that come in. Yeah. And I think, I don't want to say that's by design, but I think to a certain extent it's expected for this team and an expansion team in general, we've graduated a bunch of these city two players. And I think that coach Carnell is right to try to get them in games when the game is still in the balance to get that experience because that's the the only way to learn and the only way to really grow and push push the players to the next level. Uh, unfortunately, I think the stage was probably a little too big for Akil Watts today, and I think his stats probably reflect that assessment pretty clearly. I was surprised As, to see Alm come off. Chris, you speculated maybe that was due to the you know still lingering injury. I was a little bit surprised to see Stroud come off when he did. Well, I think we can get into the the substitution pattern in in a minute, and I think that that actually did raise some questions for me. Uh, that second wave of substitutions, uh, the first half was abysmal from Akil Watts, and he had to go off at this uh, at the at halftime. It just had to be done. He wasn't good enough, and you're the only other person in that midfield with the uh, nominal number ten in uh, Edward Lowen. Uh, Lovin, and you have to be doing the 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 grunt work. You have to be covering the ground. He had zero tackles in the game, if you can believe that. And he's supposed to be playing that number six, number eight sort of hybrid role, and he had zero tackles. That just can't be the case. It it was claimed after the fact that that was always the plan to swap him in Indiana at halftime. I wonder if that is is actually the case. I mean, we were all surprised to see him on the starting lineup. We expected to see Vasilev. Yeah, apparently that was for a cup situation, which, again, I was totally wrong on saying. Yeah, that vindication. How do we feel about Klaus? Is he is he okay? I couldn't really tell. It looked like he came off with an injury. It was hard to tell on TV as well. Tim Tommerman reported that uh, he just felt something that he wasn't sure of, um, but potentially is fine. Um, I thought uh, my boy Celio did not do a great job coming in and backfilling for him. Celio and Perez are part of that drop off. You know, that's not Celio's natural position. We didn't, we didn't really have a third striker on the bench. I'd like to see him there more. I thought his, his initial sort of, uh, sort of patterns of uh, play right when he came on were, were quite good. He got a, 
in, he was cutting into the box a little or into the, the the midfield a little bit and he had a, a shot attempt I think it was blocked but the the build up to that was good I liked his energy yeah but he needs to learn to pass instead of just trying to take it the entire way and finish it himself I mean not well, if you're the a and not on the bench I would imagine we'll see Celio as striker for the Tuesday game potentially might be that's a good shout for which I am predicting a Celio hat trick. Oh, <laughs> we're going to need you to stop at these uh, hat trick predictions. No, no, I. You know, I believe we haven't the prediction was on you prediction this week. right. No one has yeah, nailed no, the I, score prediction yet. I uh, that was a swing and a miss. Um, there was another substitute. Oh, back to what you were saying. I think so. Protecting a one nothing lead. I think you got to pull the guy with an attitude and a yellow card because you can't risk going down to ten men. Stroud goes out. Yeah. That's fair, yeah. And was was he replaced by Ostrak? Yeah, I was, guess uh, that's right. It's hard to say who was for whom at that point. You know, Ostrak might be one of the cases where it's, you're not real. He, he could be a starter, I think. Um, you know, he's he did not start the first guy. game. Yeah, he he's got talent. He's not a huge drop off, so I don't mind. I don't mind that substitution. Sending Perez in late that's that's showing a lot of trust in a 17 year old, but. Yeah, and I think I think the coach was caught off guard a little bit by first, obviously the Klaus injury substitution. You want your you know your crucial defender from the front and your leading goal scorer to be in the game if at all possible. And I think he was re- the coach was reeling from that need to substitute, and it was too many changes at the same time. And I think the the cohesion was lost. And things sort of fell apart. So Colorado's goal from one of their substitutes came on a play that, you know, Colorado, it felt like had that same play five times in the first half. Yeah. So that player I've been told by um, my buddy who's goes to a few Rapids games a year that that's their best player, Barrios. He is the shortest player on the team. He has a hairstyle reminiscent of combo from Breaking Bad. If you know, you know. And he took his goal with a plum, or his chance with a plum, unlike all the other 20-plus chances. Uh, he dispatched it. Um, that one kind of made sense. I mean, so the stadium, obviously a stoppage time equalizer. People were pretty happy. But, and I don't mean to criticize too much because, you know, I, I love the people of Denver. It's a, it's a good town. But it was, and it was also a cold night and there were empty seats. But... If that something like that happens at City Park, I'm prepared for upheaval and uh, you know uh, I'm prepared for vibrations, tremors, you know, all around the stadium, and that didn't really happen. Um, but you know, it was a good goal, and they pretty much. I mean, I don't want to say they deserved it because they missed so many opportunities but that one was was would have been it was a good finish but it was also one-on-one with the keeper and he didn't have much opposition no i mean our defense at that point i think was pretty beat and didn't stop him i also think so back to what what berkey was saying he was complaining a little bit that the midfielders and the forwards were relying too much on the back line to just do their magic and not coming back and playing the the amount that they normally do. I, I think losing Klaus is a big part of that. I mean, he, he plays back more than 
more than most strikers in that role that I've seen. I mean, you always see him back there on, on defense and, you know, well, but even, even Stroud, I thought, you know, it, it was such a, there was a contrast between the five, one game where Stroud was absolutely running the length of the field in this game. Not as much. Maybe the altitude got to us. Yeah. I mean, I think that could be part of it. And not only does MLS have a, like a, a big sort of, favoring for home sides just because of the travel requirements and stuff but colorado historically has a great home record uh and they're an older team they've been in the league for many years and and their stadium is a fortress i think they have i i looked at it i think in the build-up to the game but i think they have something like a 50 percent win rate and like a 20 percent loss rate at home which is pretty insane it might not be quite Drew. that high. Drew, uh, an old team, an old stadium. Were you in a bench? Were you on a seat? Oh, they were aluminum benches. That's uh, rough. I, I I don't know. I kind of liked it, you know, because there oh, was yeah. no division. There there weren't there was no division between seats, so you could scrunch up or spread out as much as you want. Also, it helped that they were not all full. So uh, you're describing that experience as you like that. I thought that, that sounds was, terrible. I kind of liked it. It you looked know, like there were sit- other parts of the stadium that had seats. There were. They're, they have an entire uh, one, one side. Um, I don't know if it's north or south or whatever. But behind one goal is a, just a facade, no seats at all. It is, And there was a lot less cover than at City Park. I mean, it's an older stadium. Dick's Sporting Goods Arena. Um, possibly the second worst name in the league after America First. Uh, you know, um, you know, tax cut America. Besides, besides America First Stadium, tax cuts for the wealthy arena, whatever it is, it, it's, not like it's the second worst. Um, but yeah, so it it was pleasant to be there. Empire, mostly just because you know it's fun to be with your friends at a soccer game. Yeah, and the you know people they had a, a supporter section that there were people conducting the you know the drums and cheerleading basically i wonder if that's a we'll have to do we'll have to do some research at at home but i i wonder if that's a a position that you kind of nominate yourself for or if it's actually an official job it's an official job within the supporter section like it is not they are not an employee of the team if that's what you're asking so yeah, okay. it feels like they're sanctioned by the team in a way that, like, they are, but I believe they are self governed. Yes. Like, so if you wanted to become a, I believe it's capo or capo, I'm, I've only ever read it. I don't know where that is. Like a mafia capo? Let's go with capo then. Uh, I believe to become a capo, you need to know some people. So it's sort of like the Parliament of Scotland. They have devolved powers from the larger organization, that being St. Louis City. Yes. Shout out to Holy Root House in Edinburgh. Indeed. <laughs> I think I, we just grew our uh, listener base. <laughs> about about real soccer, um, I think. So we've been we've been bitching a lot because it was a, it was a stressful game, and I think we all would have liked to win. It, isn't the old saying like "win at win at home, draw on the road, and you're going to be solid"? Like. I think we got to be overall happy with 
with going there, coming out with a point after a really good win against Cincinnati. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with how the way the way this game played out, I yeah, think yeah. we should be a very happy is, with the draw. I think even going in, if you said, "Hey, you're going to get a draw," you can't be too upset. No, like, no. I and I do think Colorado is better than they've shown this season as a team. I think better than their record shows better than the right. Thank you. Better than their record shows. The record is probably not really very reflective of how good they are. And on the upswing, I would, I would say we're in good company with teams that they've held to a draw. Uh, LAFC, they held to a draw. There were a number. I don't know if we've, if we're there yet, but Nate, um, you, I, I was not on the midweek pod, but I think that Cincinnati's chili got a pass there from you. It was actually brought up by my wife in the car yesterday saying I was never given a chance to defend Cincinnati chili. And Ooh, I said, we well, we didn't attack. really. Oh, so we're calling it even. We didn't really get into it. And then I offered her the chance to defend Rocky Mountain oysters uh, today, and she chose to pass. Would she under other circumstances, defend Rocky Mountain Oysters? No, no. And also, since you brought it up, Cincinnati Chili is trash, garbage, horribleness. And I hate it. I think Rocky Mountain Oysters are fine. I mean, if you fry anything, it's fine. You can't even tell. It's one of those things you could serve to someone and they could be halfway through eating it and then you mention what it is and they spit it out. But they'll Have be you fine. had them? Yep, I've had Rocky Mountain Oysters. Hmm. I forget where, maybe in, somewhere in Boulder. It was a while ago. And for our younger listeners, ask your parents. All right. What else about the game? I had a comment to make about Klaus's checking back. I think he was in that first half before he became injured. He was oftentimes like crazy far back. He was, there were portions of the game. It felt like he was playing behind our midfielders, which I'm not sure that's exactly what you want to happen, but maybe he felt it necessary to help with the defense because our midfield was becoming exposed. Uh, and there was a comment earlier about Celio carrying the ball instead of passing. And I, I was watching and thinking, you know, we need someone to carry the ball a little bit more. Maybe I think we're, uh, almost passing a little too early going for the long passes, maybe a little bit too often where if we had someone carrying carrying the ball a little bit more, that might help help open things up a bit. My expectations of Klaus right now are like superhuman. So there was once where he had the ball at the top of the box and there were like four defenders in front of him. And I was just like, no, just dribble through those guys and score. Right. And I think that's part of it too. Like everyone's like, oh my gosh, Klaus is incredible. And he is. But I mean, not every game is going to be, you know, the first, you know, two or three games he played of the season. And first, what, five games, he was getting a goal, at least a goal or assist every game. And that's that's great. But it's, you know, it's not going to happen every game. And we should still appreciate the work that he's doing to open up other players. His work passing the ball. He uh, he's what I said. Nine out of 21 goals that we've had. He's had a, a role in. So, yeah. Uh, he's still doing things, even though his yes. goal number isn't going up. He's right. semi-responsible to directly responsible. Before this game, he was 
responsible or for the most goal contributions in in the league up to that point. Yeah. Also, so, it yeah. was quite a look when he was coming off the field with his shorts pulled up and his bow legs kind of looks like it looked like he had gotten off riding a horse for seven years. <laughs> um, hopefully, hopefully he will be ready for the Portland game. I would imagine he gets a rest for um, the Omaha game. Let's cl- quickly talk about the Omaha game. Uh, we've got a Tuesday night game. What are the rules on the Open Cup? Who is allowed to play? Who is not allowed to play? They have to have an MLS contract, which means anyone that is specifically signed to City 2 is not eligible to play in it. Can they be loaned? They would have to sign an MLS contract. So they can't be loaned. But what is it? So like Klaus... It's super weird. So this is something I want to get into at some point. Like most... Klaus could play. I mean, he could play. Most teams and their reserve teams, you can move freely between them. But the way MLS has set up MLS Next, it's not like that. You can't just move them between the teams. They like have to have a, I I was saying loaned there, like in an, you know, like you could get loaned to a completely different team. It's it's super weird. My understanding is someone with an MLS contract can play MLS Next Pro. And there's like mixed contracts. Like you're like signed, like they're playing on City Two, but they have an MLS contract. So I off my head, Watts have played. Yeah, right. So there are people who you would see on City Two, but if they do not have an MLS level contract, they are ineligible to play in the Cup. Is my understanding. So we're not going to see like that guy from SLU. What's his name? Uh, Are we going to see Juan Cousin? Uh, we will not see Juan. Oh Cousin. man, what a bummer. I don't. Th- I don't think he has an MLS contract. Wonder if people like um, Pedro might get a start. Um, I would. Yes, I would think so. But we would expect to not see Klaus, not see Leuven, not see probably Holm. not if Klaus left with an injury. That's why Surely I was thinking not. we wouldn't see Klaus. I wonder if we give. Um, I wonder if Berkey gets a gets a day off. I don't know. It's it's going to be very interesting. Anyway, we're playing we're playing Omaha, and they are Omaha are a third division team. They are not in the second division, so I don't know if that means they are professional players. I don't know if that means there's plumbers and electricians and mailmen on, on the team. As I no, I believe they're professional players, and I think historically they do pretty well in the cup. Oh, okay, forget it. That's too bad. I don't. Well, it'll be fun to see something a little different. Yeah, personally, I will be seeing Lizzo. Oh, that's a little different. My sisters wonder... are going. To unlike go. unlike the unlike the cup game, that's some A list talent you're going to see. <laughs> Shout out to my sisters. Shout out to my sisters who will be at the game on Wednesday. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were going to be at Lizzo. Too bad for them. (laughs) To any podcast listeners not (laughs) physically going to be at the game, watching this game is not on Apple TV, right? This is somewhere else. 
Yeah, it's on like Bleacher Report and YouTube. So, uh, yeah, don't tune into Apple TV. Look up, look up how to watch it so you can get your your city fill. Uh, we'll probably cover that game in the pre-pod for next game. But might also you don't have to do a third Eliza pod minute. of the week. I do not. Oh, Lizzo minute would be great. I'm in favor. It's about like damn Lizzo. time. Gentlemen, yeah, I think Nate, you said it. You got to be reasonably okay with getting the draw there. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Well, I think we want to be beating a team like this. We want to be beating a team in our division that hasn't has won one game all season. We want to be winning this game. So I think we got to ask ourselves how we can you know, get better or get good enough to be beating the Colorado Rapids of the world. Well, and how to face a stronger defensive team like that, like them or Minnesota, both of whom showed the ability to shut us down. It'll be interesting to see when they come to St. Louis if how that game plays out. We'll get like low altitude sickness or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll have too much air in their lungs. And I don't think we gave enough credit to that cross from Stroud on the goal. It was very, very pretty. It was was a very good touch. Good finish by my main man, Rasmus Alm. I'll give a plug to the Jared Stroud Instagram interview. It's pretty good. I enjoyed that too. All right. Well, I will see some of you at the cup game on Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Drew, enjoy Colorado. Safe travels coming home. Thanks, guys. And thanks for the love on the last podcast. Um, worth a quick addendum. You guys mentioned that the while the round-trip flight to from St. Louis to Denver was $88. It turns out if you fly in the, in the middle of the night, really odd times, you end up spending a lot, enough money on Uber to uh, make up for that. Mm. Lesson learned. So maybe... And Frontier is also cracking down on bags, by the way. They're measuring even small ones, so be careful. Well, we're glad you found room in the bag for your headset. It makes all the difference. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye, guys. All right. Well, talk to you all later.